Thought Bubble Audio. Supergirl TV Talk. This is the podcast where we talk to you about the CW's hit show, Supergirl. I'm Frank, and with me, as always, for the beginning of season four is my good friend, Tim. It's me at the beginning of all things. I am uh, the alpha, the Frank. Alpha. Oh. So am I? When, am I no, the Omega? I, no, I guess we're going to both be the Omega when the show goes off the air, I oh. guess. That got which, sad. I don't want to think about the show going on. Which is air. which is never because the because the season premiere ratings were good, Frank. Yeah. Even though it, even though it moved to Sunday, people followed it. It actually had roughly the Supergirl had roughly the same numbers as its finale, so it like it re- retained its yeah. its prime time audience, and that doesn't count the plus three day and plus right, seven day right, that right. just are are really the bread and butter of. You know the CW shows, yeah, yeah, in this day and age, especially, right? Exactly. You can't count the live shows anymore. You got to see who's watching three days later and seven days later. That's how shows survive. That's Frank. it. But if they move to a new night and the viewership, you know, remained the same, then that's that's pretty, pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, especially since it's up against Sunday Night Football, right? So, which I mean, arguably, it's probably a different uh, demographic than their. It might be Fighting a different demographic watching live, and then I think that that you know other folks are, will probably watch you know on DVR and on demand and all that. That's right, because we live in a brave world where you can like Supergirl and football. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can. What a what a world we live in, Frank. And many so, do. Frank, we were probably gone for so long that we might have gotten some mail. You know, uh, also, also we probably got some mail based off of last night's episode. We did. We got some mail based off of last night's episode. Uh, I think we'll be getting more of that, so we'll probably hold on some of those until until next week after we've talked about it and, and let some of that. But but we do have some mail uh, to talk about regardless. Um, the first one comes from Jonathan in the UK. Jonathan email us at mail at supergirltvtalk.com. And Jonathan says, hi, guys. I uh, just want to point out something from your last episode, last podcast episode. You guys mentioned that Bruce Boxleitner's uh, Bruce Boxleitner will be playing the vice president under President Marsden. Uh, you mentioned that his biggest sci-fi credit was Tron, Tron Legacy. When to most sci-fi fans, he's probably best known for J. Michael Straczynski's Babylon 5, where he played the commander of the station for four seasons and a couple of TV movies. Jonathan in the UK. Thank you, Jonathan, because that Babylon, Babylon 5 is actually a big blind spot for me um it's it's not a franchise that i i know very much about i've seen a bit here and there but but don't really know much about it so thank you for pointing that out i probably sounded like such a rube such a fool so thank you for for bringing that to our attention when do you not sound like a rube frank very rarely it's very rare that i don't sound like a rube you know what but i like rhubarb and so therefore i like you oh thank you thanks Mm -hmm. i'm like a i'm like a jar full of rhubarb jam anyway <clears throat> my wife's grandmother makes amazing rhubarb jam just saying oh nice um, nice humble brag my wife god frank jeez get on with it we know you're married let's keep going <laughs> still bragging Jeez. about it two years later yeah can my wife come <laughs> can my girlfriend, girlfriend come? come this is my wife my wife uh, so glad that joke's not dead. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, it's only Megan. mostly dead. Most, yeah, sorry. I'm not quite dead. Yeah. Megan emails uh, and says, uh, "I'm so happy, guys. My lart, my my lart, 
my heart is literally melting. I finished the first episode of the new season, uh, new seasons of The Flash and Supergirl, and I'm genuinely happy. Like, I'm actually in love slash obsessed. All four shows. I'm seriously melting inside. I'm not over-exaggerating. I can't stop smiling. Just seeing Grant and Melissa and soon-to-be Stephen and Katie makes me so, 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 so happy. I can't express my feelings in words. I just wish I could meet them all in real life. And then she closes with a heart eyes emoji. So I think Megan might be happy. I'm glad for Megan. I'm also happy, Megan, for the same reasons. Yes. Yes, yes, Mm -hmm. yes. Um, I don't want to go too far down the uh, season four premiere emails route because obviously we're going to break it down here and I want to get to that. But one last uh, one last email here. That does touch on on the premiere, and that's uh, from Rachel. Rachel says she loved the season four premiere. You know, great acting, action, heartfelt moments all around. Strong introductions for our new characters. But um, she wants to talk about the image inducer technology that Lena mentions mm-hmm. because she says that she invented it. And if you remember, the first time Rachel, saw- Rachel invented it, <laughs> well, I got to change that's wrong in oh, my notes. Change that note. Uh, yeah, Lena says she invented it, and uh, but we we did see it way back, as far back as season three, episode sixteen, with Brainy using it as he continues to do in order to appear human. Uh, and so he probably got this from the future, right? With from Monel and and Imra. Sure. So there are a couple of options here for how Lena's new invention comes about. And these are these are Rachel's three theories. So let's let's chat through these because these are interesting. So first one is one. Uh, in the months since the finale, Lena and Brainy have been working together to create these image inducers. Okay, well, that's that's one theory, uh, or or Lena reverse engineers one from from one of his. That's 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 number one. Number two is a time loop situation, so kind of a, a time paradox where Brainy inspires Lena to create it, and then in the future brings back one of the ones she created to the past. So it's like a self perpetuating loop of like. Mm she saw her own invention from the future and that inspired her to invent it and that's how he right. went back and Harry saw himself across the lake kind right. of thing right that, yeah the time loop thing mm-hmm. and then finally three is Lena creating them without Brainy's help or inspiration uh, as a way of redeeming herself uh, by helping aliens and then eventually again Brainy gets his image inducer from El Corp in the future yeah that's true it doesn't it doesn't actually say in does it say in season three if Brainy invents the image inducer no it doesn't just... but Lena said that she invented it Last night. So, so maybe just image inducers existed long before Brainy gets his hands on one, and he's just using the very improved model. But Lena is the real genius here. I'm going to say that I think Lena invented it, and Brainy brought one from the future where they're common technology. Mm-hmm. But, but so, like what you're saying, like it's a better one from the future. But she probably still invented it. That's gonna be my guess. But I love the time loop as a concept. Like I, I kind of love... like that. Me too. Just as a sci-fi fan, yeah, I kind of exactly. love the time loop. Yeah, and, uh, like from a Back to the Future kind of st- standpoint of like, wait, but if the DeLorean is here, then how can there? And there's one in this cave and one in that cave. And if if my friend Derek were here, he would he would be like, no, that's not how it worked. There was a DeLorean there. Never mind. It's um, true. That's not how it worked, Frank. He's now, but who but who is going to play Johnny Be Good at the Enchanted Under the Sea dance, Frank? That's exactly. what I need to know. Marvin. Is it going to be Lena or Brainy? Marvin. It's your cousin Marvin. Marvin, Marvin Barry. It's my literally my favorite line in that movie. <laughs> I, so I think it's the way he says Marvin. Well, listen to this. This. It's my favorite part of the movie. So good. Marvin. Marvin uh... Barry. <laughs> Hey, listen, uh, thank you to everyone who emailed us at uh, mail at supergirltvtalk.com. Um, we really appreciate that. Keep those emails coming. We got some more in the mailbag that we'll, we'll get to next week, but but keep them coming, and we'll, we'll want your emails next week as well. want to say a quick word of thanks also to all of our Patreon uh, supporters. 
uh, who, uh, you know, we don't have ads on the show anymore, but we do uh, have the support of our Patreon subscribers and we love you. We appreciate you. Um, we're doing we're back doing our weekly uh, first reactions podcast that comes out like 20 minutes after the show airs on the East Coast. Uh, it's just a quick, quick, quick thoughts. First, first thoughts uh, of what happened. We're live tweeting along. Anyone can join us with that. But we love your 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 support on Patreon because you get that. That we in fact we put out the first reactions for this week for free for everyone. It's in the feed. It's on Patreon for anyone who wants to listen to it. A little taste of what it's like. So if you want to support us, you can you can go ahead and and do that. And we also we give you early access to episodes of of uh, of our shows and uh, little tidbits, little special features. In fact, uh, this week there will be a a special discussion uh, between me and Tim that like an off air uh, discussion that we had about Hamilton. Uh, that was a lot of fun. So anyway, patreon.com slash thought bubble audio. If you want to throw a, a buck or two our way and, uh, and help us keep making the show. Thank you. Hey, nice job, Frank. You did a nice job with that. Now, now Frank, this is our fourth season of Supergirl TV talk. That's right. And, and in the fourth season of shows, it's traditional to kind of, you know, evolve your characters, evolve your show, say, redo your office so it looks like yours instead of Cat Gramps. That's very nice. You know, something like <laughs> right. that. Be a professional at work, you know, so you know what you're, it'll appear that you know what you're doing and be sure. good at your job, you know, sure. so you're not, so James doesn't have a reason to fire you, you know, things like that. Um, you know, all good things. And so, Frank, I think it's time that we updated Supergirl TV Talk. Okay. All right, because in, in the past, in the past, as you as you're aware, because you've been here for almost every episode, as I have been, mm -hmm. that you know we've kind of we've kind of taken the show and we've broken it down, kind of scene by scene, right, or even kind of bit by bit, you know, like this thing happened, then this thing happened, this thing happened, almost the way that you'd write an essay in the fifth grade. <laughs> like a book report, sure. you know, you know, like you're a good man, Charlie Brown, where Peter Rabbit is a stupid book about a stupid rabbit. That's vegetables from other people's gardens, you know, and then he, you know, it's just over and over and over again. So, Frank, we're going to evolve our show to reflect, you know, quality high school writing, Frank. Ooh. So we're leaving we got, middle school and we're going to high we're, school. All right. We're leaving middle school and we're going to high school. We've spent three years in in junior high, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, and we're going to be and we're. We're into our freshman year of high school, Frank. Or put another way, we're not cub reporters anymore. We're we're full on journalists now. We're we now, are. now we're interviewing President Marsden at the press conference. That's right. And and knowing, you know, her knowing our name, Frank. You know, she knows our name. That's right. You know, or standing in the back of a meeting room, not having to sit at the table with the other cub reporters. Right. You get to stand in back like a professional. Like I don't actually need to be here. I'm just standing here because I want to be here because I'm a good at my job. You right. know what I'm or, saying? Or other comparisons to the episode exactly yeah other things uh -huh. so frank this is this is what i this is in in the words of frank from father of the bride this is what i suggest you know? <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna break the episode down into different segments frank yes. you know like you know we already have the mailbag segment yes. and at the end we always talk about the trailer right because right. a trail because a trailer trails the episode That's am right. i right am That's i right. am i right the way it used to be okay so Anyway, <laughs> so I propose this is how we're going to break all future episodes down. We're going to do story time, Frank. We're going to talk about the story, so, you know, because that's, you know, arguably that's the most important part of the episode, talking about the story. But we're not just going to go bit by bit, Frank. We are going to break it down by theme. I'm going to do extra work now. You know, instead of just going, this happened, then this happened, then this happened. Then. I'm going to think about these episodes as I would think about 
teaching a book you know like how do i want to break these themes down and how are they going to reflect the characters and then of course the real world because that's what supergirl this season especially is really pushing towards like you can tell even in the first episode what is this saying about our world that's what they want from us and that's what we're going to deliver them frank and then so after story time we're going to what i like to call professor comics corner Yay! In which, yay! In which we're going to talk about some of the history of some of the characters that have popped up in some of these shows. Some episodes it'll be long, and some it will not be. Much right. like this intro that I'm giving right now. <laughs> and but then, it's like Easter eggs and things that come from comics. Like, oh, I bet it, you didn't know this like street corner name was from a comic book, or like this it, costume exactly. is actually the original costume, or whatever stuff like that. Exactly, stuff like that. And then, finally, what I think might actually be our favorite segment, which kind of harkens back to when Cat Grant was on the show. We always used to do the uh, the best things that Cat Grant said. The quote of the week. The quote of the week, exactly. But now, I think we're just going to call it, that was a good bit. That was you know, a good bit. All, that was a good bit. All those, all those bits of the story, all those parts of the story of the episode that we didn't quite get to. But you know what? That thing that was said that time, or oh, that was really cool, that bit, we can share some of those. Yeah. All right, so yeah. we've already done mailbag, and I've already done my intro, which I'm not going to do every week. Check those off. Check those off, right? Cross that off the board. Wipe it off the chalkboard. Slap your hands. Clap, clap, all that stuff. Let's go right into Storytime Village. Storytime. Storytime. All right, so, Frank, I found a couple of themes that we're going to be working with this episode. Let me know if you, I'll tell you a bit about, uh, I'll say each theme and then we can go back and kind of dissect each one. Okay. Because they're probably going to cross pollinate a little bit. You know, we don't have to stick within each theme, thus allowing for a fluid conversation. First theme, juggling kind of slash handling it all. That's our first theme. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, we've got, you know, how do you, how do you keep all the balls in the air and how do you, how do you handle your life? Theme number two. Ignorance versus optimism. What is the difference? Hmm. And how do we tell the difference between these things? Theme number three, fitting in. And how does fear control your life? And then, of course, theme number four, which is probably the one that's going to pop up all the time, is, of course, family. Family is an ever-important theme in Supergirl, and it's going to pop up a lot. But I think there is stuff to there's stuff to say, particularly about family in this episode. So I'm going to sure. go back and we're going to talk about juggling and handling it all, Frank. Handling it all. Handling it all. So pretty much everybody in this episode is kind of in the juggling it, handling it all boat, right? Yes. There are very few people in this. Lena Luther's probably the only person that's like, I've got it. You know, in the past yeah. seasons, she's weren't really one of the only people that have like, I know how to handle everything that's going on, mostly. Right. Or at least she doesn't let on that she doesn't. And, and even she is, she's not struggling necessarily, but she is juggling a few things, right? Because she's she's heading up uh, L Corp, she's heading up uh, um, the, uh, uh, the stuff at CatCo, she's... Um, she's in charge of all these things. Meanwhile, she's, uh, we, I mean, I'm, we're going to, we're going to be jumping around the episode. So if you haven't watched the episode, you're going to get spoiled and something happens at the end. Um, if you're listening, we hope you've, you've watched. Um, but you know, she's, she's trying to help guardian get off the hook while running these companies while talking to her mom and, and getting all the info she can to get guardian off the hook to help to give the DA what she wants. Like she's, right. she's juggling a lot too. She is, but she's doing it. 
You know what I mean? Like she doesn't stress about right. doing it. She's doing it gracefully. Exactly. And I think and now when I, I we talked about before, I think Kara has evolved to a place that's literally what this episode is really about is her going like James says it right at the beginning. Hey, you know you're really good at your job. Yeah. Right. You know? and, and it's true because she's she is being like an all out like awesome kick ass reporter. She's she's flying all over the world saving saving lives as Supergirl. I loved that opening that opening montage, by the way, where she was just like like she saves a train and she saves these people and she's like all this stuff. I freaking loved that. Like that mm-hmm. was a great way to start the episode for me because I just love seeing Superman or Supergirl or any of those characters like being good at being super, you know, like right, you, and so, using their powers in a clever way, like a, a clever combination of powers. Like it was really, really fun and really cool to watch. Actually, going off of that, Supergirl freezing the train in its tracks. I've never seen a superhero actually do that before to stop a train. No, nope. it's always a brute force kind of thing, right? Yep. You know, like Spider Man to Spider Man Two. You gotta, you know, yep. use all the yep. webs, or you know. Superman holding up the rails in yes. Superman the movie, kind of thing, kind of things like that. But Supergirl's like, this is the path of least resistance, and it doesn't really damage the train the same way because that ice is going to melt, right? It's all and temporary. so it, it's just you know, it's you know, it's it's physics and chemistry and all you know, like heat and freezing and cooling and all this different stuff. And she does it so gracefully, and she goes all over the world, kind of helping all these people, and she gets there in time to be a reporter. Exactly. Right. And so as the episode goes on, you know, that you get we're introduced to Nia Nell, right? Yes. You know, Nia, Nia, Nia. 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 Yeah. So we're introduced. So we're introduced to Nia. And there's that bit in the elevator where where uh, Nia is kind of like rambling. And Kara goes, oh, my God, oh you're God, me. You're me. Yeah. She's like, no, it's not important. But you're me. I get it. This is why Kat has sent you right. to me, because. You know, Kari even does like the, you know, the TikTok times a waste and all that stuff. Right, and James right. is like, you know, you know, you sound exactly like Kat. I'm a little scared right now. Yeah, that was funny. That was funny. Yeah. So there we're, we're getting these kind of the, these polar, these opposites of characters, like these pairs almost that are characters handling it and characters not handling it. Mm-hmm. Right. That's where the juggling comes from. So if you got. Kara, who's handling her life three seasons in, she's got being Supergirl down, she thinks, you know, which maybe comes into the ignorance thing later, sure. you know, or optimism. So she she has being Supergirl and Kara Danvers down. And now we're introduced to Nia, who doesn't have being Nia down. Never mm-hmm. mind, mm-hmm. you know, never mind having Supergirl on top of it. She's still trying to just find her place in the world. She doesn't have the whole secret identity thing. Yet, yet that we know of yet that we know of right and then you have you have james and lena who james appears to be handling it all right because he's going to be indicted by the da for being guardian and he's like it's all going to work out i'm fine it's going to be fine i'm handling it and lena's like oh no sweetie but you aren't handling it at all are you <laughs> My billionaire girlfriend's handling it. It's fine. My billionaire girlfriend is actually handling it for you. She is actually in control yes. and still doing all the things she needs to do. Correct. Meanwhile, James is like, oh, I redecorated my office. Doesn't it look so nice now? <laughs> you know, I'm handling it. I'm handling it. She's like, that's cute, sweetie. That's great. I'm running a billion dollar company and also cleaning up your mess. But I'm not even going to tell you that. Right. 
because you think you're handling it, right. and I'm just going to stroke your ego a little anyway, bit and let you think paycheck. that. Right. <laughs> here's your paycheck. <laughs> Don't worry. I signed. I you know I signed it with a little heart at the end, so you know that you know you weren't getting a raise, but I still love you. Okay, high fives. Let's go. And then so and then you have Alex. You have Alex and Brainy on yes. the other side. You have Alex and Brainy on the other side of that. This, you know, Brainy is not handling being in the 21st century well, and he's trying. And Alex is definitely being the director well, right? But Brainy is kind of stopping her from almost being as good as she can be. Alex is also stopping Brainy from being as good as he can be, right? So, and I, go ahead. No, no, finish, finish your thought. I'm sorry. Well, I th- so the episode at the end ad- basically addresses this problem that they've had with one another really, really, really well. This goes into the family theme where Brainy is basically, so I tried doing it your way and that didn't work. I tried doing it my way and that didn't work. I tried doing it Win's way. That didn't work either. And that's when I found I couldn't win. And that's because I'm not Win. Right. And you're you are expecting me to be this person that I'm not. And this is Brainy basically addressing the audience. Right. Because we love Win. Win is the best. Jeremy Jordan is the best. Mm-hmm. And ever. And as much as I like Brainiac five, he's not win. Right. And he basically tells Alex, who is the audience at this point, get over yourself. It's going to be different. Yeah, and, and and so that's what I was going to say too. Is is like they were very direct with us. Like he literally wore Win's sweater, like to point out to us, like like hit you over the head with the fact that hey, Win's gone for for now. He'll be like recurring, but mm-hmm. he this is going to be the new Win. Yeah, he's not the same. Yeah, he's not like it's a different dynamic. But he's going to be basically filling the Win gap. You know, of like doing he's Q. He's going to come up with all the gadgets. He's going to that's going to be he's going to be doing wins thing. And the interesting thing that I think you were starting to to go down this road, and that's just what what got me was um, when Jean was in charge of the DEO, he had Alex by his side, right? Mm-hmm. And and when was when was when wasn't Jean's right hand man, right? That was definitely Alex, but he was a helpful, very key member of the team. Alex doesn't have an Alex. Right, she doesn't. At least that we know of. That's right. That's a great she, point. She does not have her lieutenant who she can turn to for anything. She's got, I hate to say it, but sort of a poor imitation of Win. She's got a carbon copy of Win. Not quite as good in in a lot of ways. Uh, better in some. Better in some. He's a twelfth level intelligence. But um, and he can go into the field in a moment's notice. He's like, right. Supergirl needs help. See a legion. Here I come. Like but I can problem- actually fight. But the problem is he lacks judgment. He lacks nuance. You know, he lacks sort of understanding um, that uh, that Win would have. Um, he all, which granted, Win could wasn't really a field agent, but but he he lacks a lot of things that Win had intuition. He's kind of he's kind of a he's like a less good Win, but a better Monel. Yeah. Okay. Well, explore that more. So Monel's thing was all like. Oh, I'm f- not from your planet. What are these Cheetos you speak of? You know, he was all like, "Oh, I don't understand what anything is." That's uh, season are- two. Season two, Monel certainly. Season yeah, three, yeah, yeah. Monel yeah, was no, not, not like three. that. No, no. But when he first got there, right, he was all like, his shtick was like, "Explain to me what when Harry met Sally is." I don't understand the reference you're making. You know, it was a lot of that. Um, mm-hmm. 
and 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 Brainy is brings some of that as well. That's the example you go with. I don't know. I've Explain first... what Harry met Sally is. That's great. That's that's great. You're and showing your is, age. The answer is it's an American treasure. That's what it is. Um, no, I've never seen when Harry met Sally. Oh Fun my fact. God! Stop everything! Stop it! Stop! 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 How much time you got? How much time you got? We can go about Supergirl later. We got to watch. We got to watch this right. Now. <laughs> um, it's so good. It's so fun. Um, I do so, know that the the old the elderly lady in the um, restaurant, you know, the famous scene. That's Rob Reiner's mother. I is, do know yes. that. I do know that. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll have what she's having. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, the uh, yeah, so like that. That's sort of he's filling a similar role there. He's sort of a, a combination of like Monel and and Win in in that sense. Yes, absolutely. I, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Maybe people just aren't. Uh, do you think people will attach themselves to Brainy in any particular way? I think they're hoping people will because they stuck around. So. Sure, they um, hope people attach themselves to Monel too. True. I think people will actually. I I could see myself. I I wasn't a big fan of him when he first landed on on the scene here, but um, he's growing on me. He's growing on me, and I think I think that that will continue in that to trend in that direction. I think as he grows on the cast or the characters, I think he will also grow on the audience. Yeah. Or yeah. that's the hope because he does he is endearing. Like he's not a he's not really a jerk. He, he like he is a good person. Oh, sure. Right? You know, he just uh, it's like a the emotional side of him isn't there cuz it's all it's all, you know, 12th level intelligence. Right. You know, solving math problems and whatever you do, imaginary numbers, things like that. Whatever 12th level intelligences do, Frank. It's whatever they do. Whatever they do. So to kind of to kind of wrap back to other yeah. characters. So we haven't talked about Jean yet. You know, so Jean is in this this peace place. One of the last things that his dad says to him is like, you got to be a peaceful person because and you got to carry on the traditions of being a Martian and you got to wear my robes because you look so cool in them. <laughs> He's dope. Robes. As you walk around your very modern, normal-looking yeah. apartment, I love yeah. that he just answered the door for her I in his know. robes. He's well, like, I guess he could see through the door and knew it was her, right? We'll does that. John have X-ray vision? Doesn't he? I don't think so. Huh. Well, but he's telepathic. He would know who's. That's true. Okay, well, I'll give you that one. He's telepathic, sure. so he knows it's her. So anyway, so he's he's going this peaceful um, support group route yes. and when there are even like when there, there's even like a bombing at the at the bar at the cantina because we st- it still doesn't yeah, have a name excuse me at the cantina you know he still he could have easily like you know phased through the wall and gone after whoever that was and he deliberately chose to stay behind it says a lot about where he is right now but he's also very keen, you know, when Doctor Voss gets uh Voss Vos Voss gets attacked by Otis and Mercy, and you know the tusk gets sawn off and all this stuff. He's very deliberate. He tells Supergirl, he's like, "This is a hate crime. This is yep. what this was." Yep. And yep. she's like, "No, I'm good. I'm handling being Supergirl. So obviously, it's not a hate crime." Yeah. I if I if I may, I, you're the you're the theme master here, but I do want to introduce what I think is a probably an overarching theme for the season um and that is the allegory of aliens as immigrants um because sure the, the symbolism there is pretty clear i don't think they're trying mm-hmm. to be subtle i think they're just trying to tell a story and, and like like you know compare it to real life i agree 
So the whole the whole situation there, I thought was interesting. Where, and this is just this is purely my opinion, but um, using Kara um, as a vessel um, to be the one who says like, "Oh no no no, that's not what's happening here." Like this this was a, this is not a hate crime. It's just unrelated. It's just you know they were they were using the the tusks. What you say to like to, to pass the biometrics to get. Yep, that's the, right. Um, and I think that is meant to be an allegory and symbol symbolic of immigration and refugees but also of sort of our what we owe to each other as like members of society to like stick up for one another and when we're when we have things good um to still keep an eye out on people who don't have things quite as good like car is an alien um but she's got things good because as jean will talk about later you know she identified or she 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 what i forget how he phrases it but she she reads as human she looks human right she's she's a humanoid Mm -hmm. so she has a certain sort of privilege from 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 that and people don't find her scary or intimidating whereas martians or others um don't necessarily have that luxury unless they're doing something to alter their appearance so um it's an interesting thing to just think about like not to, not just when it comes to appearance. That's that's the that's what they're using for symbolism here. But um, when you have things good and someone else doesn't have things so good, it's easy to be like, oh no no no, no that's not what's happening because things are good for me. Like I'm an alien too, and no one hates me. It's like, well, yeah, but that that doesn't mean that's not what's happening in other cases. So I thought that was a really good sort of wake up and smell the coffee moment for like, hey, just because things are going well for you doesn't mean they're going well for everybody, and you should look out for other people who came from where you came from and help them help them up too. I, I completely I completely agree with you. I think I kind of wrapped that because it was an overarching theme and I was looking at the kind of the episode as a chunk mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I kind of know that's the continuing theme for the season. Part of the I kind of yeah. wrapped that into fitting in with the idea of the image inducer and, you know, you got to, as opposed to being able to stand out and be proud of what mm-hmm. you are, you've got to hide, you have to use the image inducer to get a job, you know, thing, things like that. You know, I I don't, it tells you where Kara is in her life, where she doesn't want to believe that there are alien, alien yeah. hate crimes. She's so optimistic that she doesn't want to see that. Right. And so this kind of ties into this ignorance versus optimism thing, because this also plays off with James and Lena. Right. Because James is like, nope, I got it handled. It's okay. I'm feeling optimistic about it, where Alina's really like, you're ignorant because I'm the one actually making sure that you don't go to jail because I can't handle more of my family or people I care about going to jail. Sure. Because that's literally my whole life for people going to jail. So that's that side of thing. And Jean and Kara have a very, like, it's a, instead of Jean, like, well, I'm just going to use some subterfuge and take care of this myself he is in this place of going she'll get there on her own and she does she she does get there on her own but then it's interesting where she was last year you're right you know like my name is Kara Zorel and I'm an alien and I'm a refugee that's the intro right and now she hears she is at the at the beginning of season four going, no, 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 that's not a hate crime. Things are good. People are embracing aliens. It's all good. Like it's things are coming together. You know, it's 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 easy to say that when things are going well for you personally. But when you look at the bigger picture, it's like, oh, no, no, there's still a lot of work to be done. Yes, things are well going well for me, but there's work to be done and I need to do what I can to help. I don't even think that it's actually even just a personal thing. Because there, you know, there's the Alien Amnesty Act in, yep. in its two years. And so, like, she sees 
actual progress. Sure. Right. That's a good point. Yeah. 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 You know, but that doesn't mean that progress doesn't mean that all the problems go away because it's like you're literally still making progress. It's still the continuing journey forward. So don't mistake progress for elimination. Yes, exactly. You can't just like you, you take major steps forward that doesn't eliminate the problems entirely. Right. You don't you don't watch Martin Luther King give a nice speech. You know, and so he's got a dream. All problems That's solved. That's it. We did it. Racism over. He gave it's... a great speech. Awesome. We did it. Everyone high fives. Right. That's not how that works. Exactly. Yeah. And so, and that's kind of where she is right now. She's almost getting swept up by the good feelings. She's believing the hype a little bit too much, maybe. Uh, yeah, I I agree. You know, she's almost in some ways like feeding into her own news stories. Yeah. You know, like she does. You know, she she. Ask these questions to President Marston, who's all about aliens for obvious reasons, because she is one. Yep. You know, which means that she's actually not a valid president because she was not born in America. That's just, true. Just leaving well, that there. Maybe she was. Who knows? That's maybe a good point. The, maybe she's the child of aliens. Uh, I don't know. We don't know. That's, that's a, true. you know that that's a great point. Actually, I I retract. I rescind my statement. Who knows? Who knows? You know. But that is actually a very good point. I hadn't thought about that piece of like, oh yeah, wait, that actually would be a problem if it turns out the president wasn't wasn't born. In the U.S. and it's like, well, it does say in the Constitution that they need to be. There's like two requirements: they need to be born an American citizen, Mm -hmm. and they need to be over 35. Mm -hmm. That's it. Those are our requirements. Those are the only requirements. Yep. So. Well, that and they need to like win the electoral college. I guess. Well, sure, but I mean, like, but if you work hard enough to like get to that point, you you know you are allowed because of the two things that you the prerequisites that you needed. You know, like you can't take, you know, chemistry 608 without taking, you know, I don't know, organic chem 307. Sure. However, classes are numbered and stuff. I don't know why I went the science route. Yeah, I don't know why you went there. <laughs> I don't know much. Maybe because we were talking about Dr. Dr. Voss or Dr. Voss. Yeah. And I was like, hey, you know, whatever here. So all of this kind of also ties into, well, I actually want to ask this question. Does being ignorant mean you're ignoring reality or does being opt does being optimistic mean you're ignoring reality? What's the difference between just being an optimistic person and being an ignorant person? So um, my very quick thoughts on this, I do consider myself rather optimistic. And I think that the reason I feel so strongly about this, the reason I'm talking about it so much, is because I have found myself being overly optimistic about things and thinking, oh, we solved this major problem of history, and then realizing, no, we haven't solved it. There's a lot of work to be done still. There's snow um, on the ground. Global warming. We solved it. Right. It's all over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so to me, you can be optimistic and put blinders on and choose to it's good to be optimistic i think you know but to be like to temper that with some realism and to 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 look at what's around you and yes you might see bad things around you and it's okay to feel like well things will get better and here's what i'm going to do to make things better because i believe that we can have better that's that's an okay way to be an optimist is to say like i believe we can do better i want to help us do better here's what i'm going to do whatever way using your talents however that is um but the way that this is a double-edged sword, because the way that that can turn on you is if you say, like, nope, nope, I'm an optimist and everything is OK. Everything is OK. Look, look around us. Look at and you can you can create a new reality, you know, ignore certain parts of reality that don't quite fit your narrative and say, like, no, things are fine. I don't see any problems here. And that's a little bit of what Kara was doing was being 
an optimist to a fault. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I think that this does sort of have a teachable moment and a good lesson in there about knowing knowing when to like. It's good to be optimistic, and and that 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 bears fruit, but you need to be realistic too. Right, because you could be a pessimist to a fault too. You can go the exact because that's basically the Sons of Liberty, right? Or the you know this terrorist organ the Earth First terrorist organization, or all of these peoples on the all these people on the dark web, you know, being like, hey, I need that weapon, or you know, like get them out of the schools. And this sure. pessimist on the it's on the flip side where you can't see the good that is being done, right? By that's aliens, too far the other way. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's what I mean. Yeah, I'm not right. supporting exactly. them yeah, or yeah. anything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Agent Liberty, go. Right. Yeah, that's not right. what I'm saying here. No, no, you, I understand. I understand. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying those are the two extremes. You've got you've got on one hand the total pessimism of the Graves siblings and Agent Liberty, and then on the other end you've got the total optimism of of Kara, and and you know, the truth lies somewhere in between. Absolutely. Speaking of the truth lying somewhere in between, let's talk about this. F- family relationship this Lillian and Lena relationship that we have going on mm-hmm. in the, in the in the uh, in the plot as a as before we dive into it I love they were playing chess because that's a thing with because that's a thing with Lena right she beat Lex right she's yes. literally the only person to beat Lex at chess and here she is playing chess with her mother and even Lillian's like you just love saying checkmate to me and like yeah. it tells you right away she's setting her up. It's yep. a total strat it's a Lena strategy. The episode tells you right away Lena is playing a game with her mother. She is She's- literally playing a game and metaphorically playing a game. God, the show is so good. It's so good. There's levels. There is she will literally and metaphorically say checkmate to her mom. Checkmate. Exactly. And then even at the end where she like flicks, you know, the king over, she was like, ah, I should have known. I should have known. It was nice to see Lillian. A it sentence was. I never yeah. thought I'd really say uh, in that uh, context. Know, right? But you know, she was a good villain in season two, and so it was nice to nice to see her again. Like, hello, yeah, you're here, here. You're it's here. great. It's great. So this there is this concept of family being played out in the episode, right? Because we have. Jean with his dad, you know, and the loss of his dad. He's like trying to re- he's trying to stay connected with his father by wearing his clothes, you know, also, you know, the you same know, way that Lando wanted to stay connected to Han. In the so, Falcon. He, so he puts on Where's his vest. His right. You know, you know, you know what I think Lando did? He walked in. He's like, where's my cape closet? I think that's very true. Oh, no, it's now it's vests now. It's not it's capes. It's all closet. vests. It's a vest closet. <laughs> <laughs> oh no this won't do yeah vest oh no so anyway what have we here yeah we have that we have the lillian and lena relationship it's the same as always she's just using they're using one another and it's great and then you have mercy and otis you know we have mercy graves and otis graves these two used to work for lex and then they used to work for lillian and now they work for agent liberty mm-hmm and you know, they're just mercenaries for hire that just, to quote Mercy, just love their country. And they just want to go to Addis Ababa, Mr. Luthor. I just want to go to Addis Ababa, Mr. Luthor. His name is Otis, Tim. His name is Otis. Actually, I want to talk about that, if okay, you'd be so kind, when we get to Professor right, Comics right, Corner. I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll wait. Jeez, Frank. I have a few of those for this episode, so it's good. Excellent. And so, and then you have, which we've already talked about, you have the Alex Brainy relationship, you know, this replacement for win kind of kind of thing 
and then and then of course you have the the continual best relationship of the show, Alex and Kara. Obviously. You know, it was good to feel that Alex was being like, yeah, I'm dating again. You know, it feels good to be out there. I haven't found anybody yet because Batwoman's coming. Hell yeah. Hey, yeah. Want to see that? Oh, Wanna yeah. See, yep. Although I think potentially explosive relationship, maybe. I would I would think so. I yeah. would think so. Uh, Alex well, just needs well, somebody we'll nice. Like, just settle right into it. Just just somebody be... nice who wants to be a mom. You know, mm-hmm. she needs. Uh, I liked very much hearing Kara share her um her worldview with Alex and say like no but I think that it's really okay and you know we've worked through a lot of these issues and aliens are accepted and Alex was not a hundred percent there with her I thought it was pretty I agree. she was like I mean yeah we've made progress but problem is not solved voice of realism voice of reason voice of realism totally and whereas whereas Kara is the voice of optimism of of eternal optimism, and so I really liked that. I really liked though more than anything that Alex. Yes, she she briefly voiced her like I don't know. I mean, yeah, we've it's better, but she didn't like force her thoughts on Kara. She she's letting Kara. It seems like she's letting Kara make some of her own mistakes. Rather than try to be like, no, 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 let me fix this. Let me, let me, let me educate you. She'd rather Kara learn from experience is my read on it. So she's not like going to go into it with her. She's sort of like, well, I support you. And I think what you're doing is right. And, you know, she did say like, I think there's work to be done, but she didn't harp on it. And she's letting, even though Kara, I think is like misguided, well-meaning, but misguided here. She's letting her presumably make a mistake because Mm -hmm. she wants her sister to learn like the right way. Yes, I I absolutely agree, which is, I mean, that's kind of always been their relationship, but yeah. I think they've evolved to a place where they don't need, Alex maybe doesn't need to feel to, like, butt in the same way. Yeah. You know, like, she's not, she doesn't have to be big sistery anymore. Not, much, not all the time. She can be more selective about that, right? Because she's seen her little sister grow up and that she's, like, capable, so she knows she doesn't need me to teach her a lesson. She can learn. She'll do better learning on her own exactly speaking of learning on your own let's go back to let's go back to nia Mm. um who is comes from washington Mm dc right and she is placed in catco she wants to do this fashion work right and you know she very eloquently explains why fashion is important to um to the city and why this thing is going to be a, a great deal. And then when it comes time for her to speak up for herself, who wants this angle? She doesn't. Right. Yeah. And so, because she is, she's the new kid and she's afraid of fitting in. Sure. Right. And you know, you don't want to butt yourself in too much when you're the new kid, this idea of fitting in. She probably almost feels like she wants an image inducer. Right. Cause that was mm. the thing that came up a few times. Um, because there's a lot of people that are interested in fitting in in this episode, right? You know, Brainy's trying to fit in in the right way because he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't belong. He even says like, "I miss my friends." You know, I have friends right. too. And Alex is like, you know, I didn't think about that. Yeah, that's right. The other side of the tracks. That's yeah. what this episode is about. Looking at the other side of things, seeing other you know. perspectives. 
Exactly. Another theme, Frank. One that I didn't write down. Seeing other perspectives. Hey, you know? hey we're going to do themes like real themes, not like, you know, you look on Spark Notes and it's like theme, love. Yeah. <laughs> theme, hate. No. Yeah, the- obviously. Themes are not one word. Themes, themes could be sentences, people. Yes. The- themes are, good themes are usually sentences. That is correct. Like an insightful theme is a sentence. It's not be- just like. That's right. Because they're uh, specific. Hey, hey. Yeah, yeah, right. Like everything, you could if you watch anything, any piece of media you could be like yeah the theme is love like yeah okay you could argue that for anything be more specific exactly imaginary students that we're yelling at you know (laughs) be more specific frank anyway this we haven't really talked about this either but president marston is very interested in fitting in isn't she yes yes she wants to fit in in the worst way her whole political career depends on it doesn't it literally depends on it and so in this you know she gets shot at camp david and she morphs back into her original form by accident and for a second but that's the culture man anything that happens is one second and we'll get you we'll get you and so let's all let's tie all of that back to nia because she's the new kid on the block um we know that i Arguably, the show is going to explore her sexuality. I don't know. You want to talk a, a bit about that? Just because maybe we get to this when we uh, when we talk about the um, Professor Comics stuff. But um, sure. But yeah, I think that's likely. I do think that's likely. Yeah, I mean, it it's not in this episode, so I guess we yeah. can ignore it for now. But we'll the, get there, you know. But there is a. I think that there is a. You know, it's not just about fitting in, but it's about like what fear does to you, this paralyzing fear. And that's right. where the Earth's first terrorist group kind of kind of factors into kind of factors into this show. You know, it's it's about I don't know. If you look at it from their perspective, they're afraid because of what aliens represent, right? Yeah. You know, change people are afraid of change. And then I guess you could even look at it as like like in the Marvel side of things, like the mutants versus Homo sapiens, yeah, totally, kind of thing. That's basically what, uh, kind of basically what this is. Um, and we only, get, I think, the most disturbing part of this episode actually is when Supergirl finds the computer, right? The dark yeah. web connection stuff, and 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 to see all the hate that exists in people in this, you know, in this world. It's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, and I, it opens her eyes, I think, to, you know, to, I, I guess my question is, does it do, does it kill her hope or does it just open her eyes to reality? Mm-hmm. I need you to answer the question, Frank. That's an interesting question. Does it kill her hope? Or does it open her eyes to reality? I think a bit of both. <laughs> uh, I think that sometimes it takes a little bit of your your uh, you know eternal optimism needs to needs to be put away um, in order for you to open your eyes to reality. Okay, good. Not entirely. I don't think it kills hope, but I think that it does require tempering it and knowing when to like ease back. On the on the like, nope. Everything is always good. Everything is always okay. Nothing bad will ever happen. Um, you got to ease back on that and 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 be willing to know when like, no, 
but 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 this situation I'm looking at right now is not good things that are happening. It, mm-hmm. It's knowing when to identify like this is not one of those things are always okay moments. Um, so I think that's what happens. It's a little, it's, 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 this is not a great answer, but it's a little bit of both. You know, I'll take your I'll take your. It's a little bit of both. That's okay because realistically, I think that's what it is. Uh, you you need to see what's really happening and and temper your optimism, but not not kill it entirely because then because then you do become a pessimist, and that's not good either. Mm, that's good, Frank. Do you? There's only one thing that we haven't talked about in this episode. I mean, there's probably a few things that I've probably forgotten about that we might get to in other sections, but we haven't talking. We haven't talking. What is happening? We haven't talked about Bruno Mannheim. Bruno Mannheim, great name, Bruno Mannheim. He's part of the he's part of the Steamrollers. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, yeah. Every Christmas they come out. Yep, Bruno comes out. Felt like Hans Zimmer there. Zimmer second with our drums. Anyway, Bruno Mannheim. Now that we've regained some dignity within ourselves. Yes. Yes. Sorry, I didn't mean to steamroll you there. Oh, you did it. Yeah, man. Yeah, you did it. You said it. You did some things. So anyway, the <laughs> Bruno Mannheim used to work with Lex, mm-hmm. right? And then he was shuffling some funds around and all this stuff, and he was used as the patsy. But I guess my question, are we supposed to get Bruno Mannheim this season? Is that a thing that was supposed to happen? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know about that. So I, I don't um I, I, I have no knowledge of Bruno Mannheim being cast or anything. I think it was you know, they, they, they mentioned him, it was it was a little tease there, but I don't know that we should expect more than that. I think that that's what the internet's been asking themselves since um you know, since the episode aired has been the question of wait, is Bruno Mannheim coming to the Supergirl? But I, I I I don't think so. I I don't know, but I don't think so. I don't know. Well, I want to. I have more things to say about Bruno Mannheim, but I wanted to mention that interesting plot point while we mm-hmm. were talking about the plot. But Frank, unless you have anything further to add in this section, I think it's time we move on to Professor Comics Corner. All yeah. right, let's do it. All right, I want to talk about Bruno Mannheim first off. You know, see that was a nice little transition Good segue. here. Good segue. Right, thanks. So Bruno Mannheim traditionally in the comics is the head of this group called Intergang. Which, Intergang. Intergang, which is the mafia of yes. most sorts. You know, that's basically what they are. But interestingly enough, Frank, if you if you if you part here, so Agent Liberty's appearance in the comics ties into the fall of Intergang. Oh, yeah, I don't know if I remember that. Yeah, I want to say '90s. Well, I can okay. definitely say '90s because Agent Liberty first appeared in comics in 1991. Uh, right. His name, his, Agent Liberty, appeared basically at the end of this episode. Very creepy, arguably. Yeah. yeah, you know, very creepy. Kills that that very nice woman working with Jean in the you know the the Aliens Anonymous. Group. Yeah, which made me really sad because I love that actress, Tia Sirkar. She's really good. I know. I was like, oh, she's in this season. Oh, she's not in this season. I was hoping she'd have like two, three episodes, something, you know, like that. But no, 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 no I yeah. agree. So I love her. Yeah. So so we get Agent Liberty. And I can tell you that Agent Liberty in the comics has a has a wonderful history of being in the comics. 
first appears in nineteen ninety first appears in nineteen ninety one. He is an ex CIA agent, and he his original comics were he hates the he he hates the government, and so joins this group called the Sons of Liberty, and he's right. like basically a terrorist organization, and so and but then he starts to hate that, and then so he helps Superman take out you know the Sons of Liberty, and then he shows up a bunch of different times. He's arguably not a villain. Um, as his character progresses, right. So, this take on Agent Liberty, this you know, humans first movement, you know, this idea of, you know, aliens be gone. I'm here as a agent of liberty. Blah blah blah. Freedom for everybody. But it's very ironic because by killing aliens, you're not allowing them their own liberties. You know, things things yeah. like that. You know, it, one of those is- guys. It is very similar, as you said, to the X Men situation. Anyway, that was the X Men theme by my mouth. <laughs> so, I be I was hoping for more this episode. We didn't get tons. More of Agent Liberty. More of Agent Liberty. Be- I kind of, I mean, I was too, but I didn't expect too much because they don't always start there, right? They they, they usually will sort of give us a tease, and, and this episode was more about bringing the characters, like sh- showing us where the characters are um, at the start of the season and, and, and getting that off to a good start, and mm-hmm. it wasn't really as much about the the main arc of the season. Completely agree. You're so smart. Even though they did set it up. Sure, sure. But, you know, we got 21 episodes left or whatever. Right. So to get 21 hours of television to tell that story. I'll a give lot you of time s- to tell a story uh, so so we can start by just sort of setting the stage and seeing where the players are. I'll give you some time, show. So let's talk about the Graves siblings, Mercy Graves and Otis Graves. So traditionally, not siblings, Otis right. and Mercy. So Otis, the name, harkens back to Ned Beatty in Ned Beatty? Warren Beatty. Warren. Ned Beatty. Ned Beatty. No, no, no. no. Ned. Ned. No, Ned. Warren is, Ned. Okay. Warren is the... I get the Beatty's mixed up. Yeah. So. Yeah. Warren is the handsome director. The good looking guy. Yeah. Yeah. Ned Beatty yeah, is the Beatty. lovable buffoon. That guy. So Ned Beatty played Otis Lex Luthor's sidekick in Superman the movie one and two. And then that character eventually kind of worked its way into a bunch of different... A, a bunch of different... A, a, a bunch of different media. I say he was, mm-hmm. I think he was on Young Justice, but he only made his real first comic appearance in Forever Evil just a couple of years ago. So Otis has, has a a love, I guess, from Superman mythology, but not from Superman comics. Right. Yes, that's a good way of putting it. You know, and so, but I mean, when you hear the name Otis associated with any of the super family, it's definitely that Otis. But so if you notice, this Otis is still kind of dumb, right? He doesn't say oh, yeah. a lot. You know, they don't really play it up too much. Like he's in a, he's effective at his one job. He's kind of like a, a battering ram, I guess, if you yeah. want to look at it that Ooh, way. Yeah. yeah uh-huh. You know, it's that kind. But there's not a lot, not a lot happening up there. So the brains of the operation is that you have Mercy Graves, who made her appearance not in a comic book, but in Superman the Animated Series from the 90s, and then made her way into the comic books in 1999's No Man Batman's No Man's Land, which is also 
the real first com- in continuity comic appearance of Harley Quinn. Oh, you realize that? Yeah. So the two Bruce Tim Paul Dini created characters. You know, I think Paul Dini also created Mercy. I'm not sure. Could you look that up for me? I I will, but I'm pretty sure you're right. Yeah. Uh, these two favorite Harley Quinn, obviously very famous now made her first comic appearance because she was created for Batman the Animated Series in the 90s, made her way into comics in 1999's No Man's Land, as did Mercy Graves, who was traditionally the bodyguard, head of security, whatever, of Lex Luthor. So I'm glad that little tag was in there, used to be head of security for Lex Luthor, then turned him in, worked for Lena, uh, worked for Lillian, and is now, they're basically mercenaries, which is a different take on Mercy than we've seen before in the comics actually in the comics in her original appearance she's actually an amazon like wonder woman oh interesting and she's loyal to lex she's loyal to lex for the reasons yeah okay and she's been adapted a couple different times you know she's i think she's an asian american woman in the new 52 dc take you know the new 52 run you know which we saw in batman v superman she's in it very briefly i was gonna say yes same in batman v superman she is Mercy was created by Paul Dini and Bruce Tim, boom, as, as was Harley. Excellent. So this Mercy harkens right back to their version of Mercy, classic original recipe Mercy Graves, right? Which, right. which, which was pretty cool. It's great to see her. Rana Mitra, what a person! All right, moving on. I already did that, and then finally we have Nia Nal, who is uh, one of our our new characters. In the comics, she's actually a member of the Legion of Superheroes. You know, yeah. she's she's Nuranal. And and she yes. she goes all the way back to nineteen sixty four, her superhero name being Dream Girl. Mm-hmm. And then in nineteen ninety six she got retconned or changed into Dreamer, which mm-hmm. is what we might see her as as the season progresses. But if I have reason I mean, if Kara is mentoring her in Catco as Nia the reporter she's probably also going to start mentoring her as dream like Supergirl and Dreamer right so you're going to see their mentoring relationship from both sides right that's right yeah yeah my my understanding I, I've seen a couple of different I was reading up on the character because I wasn't familiar but when they announced that she was coming to the show I did see that Nuranal, at least in some incarnation um, is like the granddaughter of Nia Nal. Oh, so, interesting. So Nia, so Nia is like the 21st century version, and eventually, you know, maybe not granddaughter, but but years down the line, Nora, the one you're talking about from the Legion, is her descendant. Um, I'm not sure if that's what they're going to go with in this uh, uh, in this version because you know, Windshot was was you know not quite the character Winslow shot was in, in the comics mm-hmm. either there was like a father son relationship there so so they might they might change things up but um but anyway it, my understanding is that Nia is an ancestor of the dream girl from the legion and dreamer may be a separate character in this iteration i take that i mean i'm interested i'm all i'm all in frank as you know mm-hmm. as you are well aware well those were the really the big comic connections that I I kind of stumbled upon in this in this episode. I guess the last one remaining, we can also kind of transition right into that was a good bit. You know, let's talk about some things we haven't 
Well, I, I do want to do that. I want to point out one more thing, though, because we did sure. get a very br- we got a very brief Kaznia reference. That is what I was going to talk about next. Oh, oh what a great, great transition! Okay, so it's it's a it's a, it's a, that was a good bit, and it's also a, a little bit of a Professor Comics thing because Kaznia has has connections to the uh, mythology. You want to talk about those for actually before you talk about that before we go into that's a good bit. So this episode was titled American Alien. I actually yes. forgot to do my Supergirl intro at the beginning. I got so hyped talking about all the stuff that I forgot to say. This was Supergirl episode uh, episode one of season four entitled American Alien, premiering on October fourteenth, twenty eighteen. Directed by Jesse Warren, written by or a story by Robert L. Rovner and Jessica Keller. Teleplay by Gabriel Lanas and Andrita uh, Mukherjee. So, Mucra Jai, not sure. Either way, I forgot to do all that. So, American Alien is actually the, um, it was actually a miniseries written by Max Landis called Superman American Alien, which That's was right. kind of his his take on the, um, I would say the untold origin of Superman. Maybe, sure. you know, the yeah. the other brief little story, like a different take on Superman's origin. So I, right. it's a great, great title, American it's a good Alien. Story. Yeah, it's a good story. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. talk about Kaznia. Kaznia. Kaznia is a fictional country in the DC universe. Um, it actually, I'm not sure if it's even appeared in comics, but I know that it has a pretty rich history in the animated series. Um, it, I believe the first appearance is actually from the pilot of Superman, the animated series. Um, I think that's the first mention of it where, uh, where Lex has got his, his, you know, super, his, his fighting battle, battle armor suit, the green and purple Lex Luthor suit that everyone knows the power suit. Um, and it's on a Kaznian tanker. Uh, it's supposed to be like in the, in the, in the Balkans, it's supposed to sound like Bosnia. Let's be honest. Right. Kaznia, mm-hmm. Bosnia. Um, and so coming out of the late nineties, right? That's, 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 that's the history of it. So Kaznia is apparently, we thought this whole summer that, uh, you know, red son, red daughter, Supergirl was in Russia, we assumed, but it looks like it might've been in Kaznia this whole time, which is very on brand. I think we got a Kaznia reference in Arrow a season or two back. I think you are correct. So that all checks out. So we've got a Kaznia on earth one and a Kaznia on earth 38 turns out. Checks out and checks out, checks out. So yeah, I'm pretty. Um, I was pretty stoked about that. I caught that and I was I was pretty happy. And they they referenced it a couple of times throughout the episode. And I was I was happy with that with the graves mm-hmm. and uh, and a couple other you know comics comics uh, nuggets that were hidden Great. throughout. Well, speaking of that, was a good bit. So at the end of the episode, you know, we get Kaznian now. I guess Supergirl. You know, smashy smashy up against a wall, so we- cool. wearing a. Sm- I'm wearing a gray smashy smashy shoe or whatever she's wearing. You know, some Kasnian, I'm a almost Russian superhero kind of thing going on, and that's all we get. That's great. That's all we get. But it was. N- I actually forgot that was going to be a thing. So when it went back to the train and it went down, I was like, <gasps> Russian Kasnian Supergirl, whatever. I forgot about yeah. you. You were going to be a thing this season, and you didn't forget either. You're letting me like you're the mis- the mystery plot plot thread of this episode right. of the season. So right, right. I don't know why you were smashy smashy that wall with a train, but I am intrigued. But it's all good. Yeah, and I I did I couldn't help but notice that the like bodysuit she was wearing when she was all smashy smashy 
was the same color scheme as Red Sun Superman's costume. It was gray, gray and red. Gray with the red accents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah. So I, that was cool. Yeah, it was cool. Tip of the hat. Not it was not it was in no way like you know that suit, but it was a little tip of the hat. Same color scheme. Very cool. I, I, I don't think I actually would have thought of that. So you are absolutely correct. I caught it. It caught my eye right away. I enjoy the way your excited. eye catches things. Thanks. What what caught my ear is that we get a Superman reference and a lot of Lex references. You know, a lot of Lex stuff going on here. Oh yeah. But we got a Superman is off planet. He's on. He's with Argo. He's you know. Argo, be, yeah. Yeah. Which is very cool because you know. I saw online people like, why is Superman there? What do you think's happening? And I'm like, he's probably hanging out with some people that he'd like to know better because they're his people mm-hmm. too. It's like, let him go to, you know, like, cause we, you know, you always wonder like, oh, she's dealt with Argo this whole time. You know, like where was Superman? He was dealing with his own thing in Metropolis. So calm your horses. You know, it's a television right. show. Hush pups, you know, hush puppy, but, you know, but, but this at least will satisfy folks who I was talking to our friend Brent. Um, he was saying that, uh, you know, he was wondering, well, wait, Argo's out there, but Superman's not going to hang out with meet Allura or anything. And now, now it's taken care of. That's right. He is hanging out with Allura. That's exactly where he is. Yep. Now we know. And he can spend as much time there as he wants because Supergirl's good at her job. That's right. And now when Superman meets Allura, he's going to be like, wow, you look like my wife from another earth. <laughs> Smallville. Got him. Very good. Um, I think those might have been the really only two. Oh, you know what? We got a Psalm reference. We know what Psalm's doing with her life. Oh, She's yeah. at L Corp Northeast doing super well. She's coaching Ruby's soccer team. Nobody in the Supergirl cast or characters knows anything about soccer, but that's okay. Right? It's fine. It's all good. It's good. It's it's not weird at all that she was like their best friend for a second and they couldn't live without her. And now they're just like, oh, yeah, no, she's gone. It's fine. You know, but she's being high-powered executive over there. In- totally, and I can't wait for the weird texts that we're going to get from her, the same way we got weird texts from Clark in season one. You know what? That's fine, though, because we've seen some. Yeah. You know? We spent a whole yeah. season with her. It's not weird for her to get a text message. It's weird when we've not seen the character, and he can get there in, like, three seconds. And he texts instead of... Right. You can get there as fast as texting. So faster than a speeding text. Faster than a speeding text. More yeah. powerful than a gorilla glass screen. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's our smartphone ad. <laughs> it's our twenty first century version of that. Um yeah, no, it, it is it is um good for by the way, we're talking about Sam. If anyone wasn't sure what who Sam was, that's our that's our little in joke. Well, it's because Le, Lena introduced Le, it, it 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 came out. In her first line, she was like, I've heard from Sam. And I was like, <laughs> have you? Have you now? Oh, have you? Have you? Have you? Have, have you? Anyway, I I think that was it. I really, hilarious to me, I really liked um, Brainy wearing wind sweaters. That and, was really And he was funny. like, where'd you get that? that I went bit. to the comics store. He's like, that's right next to Wynn's apartment. And he's like, mm-hmm. just... Obviously dressed in wind's clothes, holding his Nerf gun. Yes. He's yes. like, do me a favor. And I was like, do me a favor. Never wear sweaters again. He's like, oh, they're, yeah. thank God, because they're quite restrictive. They're really restrictive. Yeah. yeah it's, that was great. <laughs> I loved that. I also love that so he good. suited up as, you know, Brainiac 5. You know, like, Supergirl, yeah. I'm here to help. And she's like, thank you. You're very useful. Thank you. No, you're not. JK, LOL. 
Please no, stop. Please, please stop. don't be here. No, man. No. Do you have any other good bits? Uh, good bits. Good bits. I mean, I, I really just just sort of got a kick out of Aliens Anonymous happening in the cantina. Um, I thought that was kind of kind of funny. Um, uh, really, for me, the best bit was like the the opening montage, and then the amount of time we spent in the Daily Planet. And I really hope we get. You more mean cat? Of- you mean Catco? Uh, uh, yes, yeah, sorry, Catco. You know, I was think we had there was a, a Daily, Daily Planet, Planet newspaper. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. But yes, in Catco, um, and seeing the day to day, and seeing Nia and Kara, and that sort of mentorship that role that's happening there. I hope we get a lot more of that. I think we will. It looks like we will. But I hope we get a lot more of it because I love one of the things I love most about Superman stories is the Daily Planet. And that cast of characters and their interactions, their dynamics, and I really hope we get more of that at Catco. I absolutely agree. Actually, I got a big kick out of James running a meeting. Yeah. And doing a good job at it. You know, mo- he was very good. He really came into his own as like the CEO and the editor in chief of this publication. Yep. It made me really like step up and respect James. What do you think of the the you know, like the judge being like, oh, you know, we dropped all charges against Guardian because Lena Luther, you know, worked her magic, Bruno Mannheim and stuff, but he can't ever be Guardian again. Do you think he's actually going to be Guardian again? Or do you think that this is the show's way of being like, you didn't like Guardian? Here you go. No problem. Here you go. Enjoy. No more Guardian for James. I hope this is, well, no, I think he's done being Guardian unless something like major happens, right? Like I could, I could possibly see him suiting up for the crossover or for something huge happening, but I really hope that they're done with that. Honestly, I think I want to say they're done with it. I know I want to say they're, they're done with it. It's, it's a real double standard though, because like Superman and Supergirl are allowed to, you know, do a bunch of stuff and nobody's coming after them. But James is like, I'm going to be guardian. And the government's like, no, the difference is James got Bad. caught. They know his identity. Yeah, but everybody's so like, tr- woo, Supergirl, thanks so much. Even the president like invites her into her office to be like, thanks, Supergirl. It's thanks true. for being you. But, you know, you know, yeah, a that, man just fair. being a vigilante, nope, can't have that. That's crazy talk. That's a fair criticism, and I think that that... There's probably some out-of-universe issues with that, like explanations for that that make it hard to justify. It's possible. I mean, universe. you could tie... I mean, you, it's probably not where they're going, but you could tie a race thing into that if you really wanted to. You could very well do that, yes. Yep. I don't know if that's where they're going with it, but there there could be something there. So I didn't get that sense. I didn't they're either. They're pretty clear when that's what they mean in the show. I agree. I agree. And so that's I don't think that's their intention, but it could be there. It could be a very it could very well could be an underlying factor that yeah. they might yeah. not even be thinking about. I don't know. But I think that kind of wraps up. That was a good bit, Frank, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, very good. So, Frank, before we do the full wrap-up with the trailer, for those who don't want to know what's coming next week, why don't you tell the people where they can find us? Absolutely. You can find us at SupergirlTVTalk.com. You can find this podcast wherever podcasts are found. I'm talking Apple Podcasts. I'm talking Spotify. I'm talking Overcast. I'm talking anywhere you can find your podcast, you will find this show. We're very happy to be in all the places. Please leave us ratings and reviews. Um, iTunes reviews are especially appreciated, but but really, you know, a star in Overcast, anything 
um, is always great. Tell a friend. Just tell a friend, if, if nothing else. We love all of our listeners. We, we really love all of our Patreon supporters. Patreon.com slash ThoughtBubbleAudio, who make it possible for us to keep doing this. You know, we don't make money. Uh, we don't get paid to do this. We do this for fun. We do this out of, out of uh, a passion for these characters. And uh, so kicking us a couple bucks to help us do it is always appreciated. Send us your emails at uh, mail at SupergirlTVTalk.com. Uh, tweet with us live during the show on the East Coast at TV Supergirl. We're also uh, on Instagram. Uh, so find us in all of those places. And uh, and yeah. also write in and tell us what you think of our new format. Do you like yeah. it? Do you not like it? Is it too confusing? Do we not like themes? Do we do we want more themes? Is it fine just the way it is? Um I'll take all of your feedback. I might not change a, a dang thing. But, uh, <laughs> give us give us a couple of weeks to kind of feel out the new format, but we do want to hear your thoughts and ways we can make it better. Yeah, that's right, because I thought of this format roughly two minutes before the show started last night, and it changed the entire way that I started taking notes in my <laughs> notebook. So, you know, we're rolling with it. We're trying something new, just like this season. Mm-hmm. What a ride it's going to be. Oh, my goodness. So... That's that. Let's let's talk some trailers, Frank. And by trailers, I mean that one trailer that there was. Trailer talk. Trailer talk. Here it is. Not a lot actually happened in the trailer. We got some. All right, got, good talk. We got some liber- We got some Agent Liberty with some kryptonite, and you know, there's going to be some L Corp trouble, and you know, it looks like arguably not. I wouldn't say Agent Liberty's coming out of the shadows, but there's going to be some. He he wants to make. Uh, he wants to make his stamp kind of known yes you know that that's that's basically where that trailer that's basically where that trailer kind of left us but i thought overall this was a great premiere frank i i really enjoyed it it almost felt like the middle of a season it felt in some ways very in media res like we're already in the middle of the adventure and so i didn't feel like this is where everyone is now you know and it kind of felt like that at the beginning but then it, it it went by the time we got to Camp David and everything. I was like, I feel so full caught on, up, right? full on, and involved, and you're going for it, and I like it. I'm here for they it. They didn't spend too much time doing the sort of stereotypical, oh, how was your summer thing? You know, they they didn't really do that too much. It was sort of like, no, they're going to show you that Car has been real busy and she's been really good at her job and she's been being super all over the world like they showed us what all the characters have been up to but they didn't do the whole like oh i haven't seen you in three months jerry tell me about your summer like they didn't do that stupid thing exactly it is really nice for super villains to take the summer off every year in the arrowverse yeah. though isn't so it though great, right? it's so yeah. nice that they just oh, every one of them just takes the summer three off. three month vacation where they just don't have to put themselves in life-threatening danger you know why because it's super hot in the summer and you don't want to wear costumes in the summer because they're especially very, in vancouver exactly so warm up in Vancouver, the the magical city that every city is in, right? You know, I guess that's I guess that's fair. I think, I think you're, I think this episode, like you know, like we didn't go into James's office and he's like, no one was like, hey James, I love what you did with the place. It was just there. It happened, and we're sure. moving on because ultimately, when you watch in a, a show that has twenty two episodes, you're really only watching at most maybe 30 days out of their whole year right you're basically watching a month of their of their year there's a lot of stuff that happens in the meantime in between all those episodes including the summer break and i love that we just kind of rolled into it 
you know, yeah. you know, write me an essay about what you did this summer. None of that. We're just <laughs> yeah, in it. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. here to learn. We're here to, I, I, we're here to be super. That. I love it. I love it. Well, Frank, this was a great episode. As always, you're such a wonderful person. I'm glad to do this with you every week. Thanks, bud. You're the best. Oh, thanks. I, you, there was the pause, and I was like, oh, no, he's he doesn't feel the same way about me. I I'm feel just, the love. I'm just going to go into the background and actually Don't. just turn off the podcast. No. No. Stay. No, I'm not actually because time, our time is up. So oh, until okay, next fine. time. Up, up, and away. <laughs>